Come on, let's give God a praise. Come on, let's give God a praise. There's not but a few of us, but we can give God praise in this house. Come on and give the Lord a praise. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Amen. God is good and all the time. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. 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 We thank God for his goodness. Thank God for his greatness, for his mercy. Amen. For his grace that has brought us thus far. Amen. We are here by the grace of God because of the goodness of the Lord. Amen. We thank God for his mercy. Amen. Bringing us to see another day. Amen. Keeping us through the holiday season. Amen. Amen. Protecting us from all hurt, harm, and danger. Amen. I know most of us are very grateful for the hospitality of our sister Mendoza and our brother, excuse me, our sister and brother McHenry. Amen. I almost messed up, Leon. Yeah, watch that now. <laughs> Amen. We thank God for them. Amen. Having us over. Amen. Inviting us out to their house and blessing us. Amen. He had a good time. And we thank God that we are here. Amen. To serve and give God praise. I'm not going to make any excuses for anybody. Amen. We know we got a lot of people on vacation, but we're here. Amen. And we're going to go on. So no more excuses. Let's just go on. Let's go into the word. Amen. Open up your Bible, saints, to Deuteronomy. Thank God for the word is right. Deuteronomy, the first chapter. Amen. Yes, Deuteronomy, the first chapter. Have it say amen. 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 Deuteronomy, the first chapter. Amen. Still under our title, it's all about Jesus. Amen. It's all about Jesus. For saints, that's why we're here. Because of what Jesus did for us on Calvary's cross. I don't know about you, but that's why I'm here. Because he died for me. Amen. And he rose from the dead. Amen. So that I might have victory. Amen. And we give God praise, glory, and honor for all that he has done. It's all about Jesus. Our thought for today. Jesus has made me whole. Amen. If you know it, amen, you ought to say this and repeat this to yourself. Jesus has made me whole. Let us remember this, that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Amen? Amen. So are you speaking life over yourself or are you speaking death over yourself? We need to ask ourselves this question. What am I speaking over myself. Amen. I want to I know that I'm saying Jesus has made me whole. 
Amen. I don't have to worry about what anybody thinks about me because what you think about me says nothing about what God knows about me. Amen? There's a difference from what someone thinks and what's known. Amen. The Bible said in Proverbs 18 and 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Amen. We have to speak life words over ourselves. Amen. Amen. Our assistant pastor speak the message, spoke the message not too long ago. Speak life. Amen. That's what we need to do. We need to speak life. Speak life over your life. Speak life on your children's life. Speak life on your generation, your grandchildren to come. Amen. Speak life on their children. Amen. I'll never forget what our Jesus said on his way to the cross. Our Jesus said, ye daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me. Weep for your children's and your children's children. Don't weep for me, but weep for your children and their children to come. Because saints, it's bad out here. Amen. It's bad out here. Jesus has made me whole. The challenge for today, to let the word master over my emotions. Again, to let the word master over my emotions. Amen. One of the most powerful things that we have. I don't, I don't believe that there's anything more powerful in the hands of human beings than the power of choice, the power of reason, and the power of the emotions. Amen. I'm going to say it again. I don't think there's anything more powerful than, for humans than the power of choice, the power of reason, and the power of emotions. I say the power of choice because every one of us has a choice. You can choose to serve the Lord or not. It's all up to you. Amen. And why do I mention the power of, uh, of decision, the reason? Because it's up to us to choose what we want. That is within our power. Amen? Joshua, listen to what Joshua said. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord, right? But listen to what he said before that. He said, choose ye this day whom ye will serve. Whether it be the gods that you served on the other, on the other side of the flood, in other words, on the other side of the Jordan River, or whether it would be the Lord your God. Amen? Amen? So there's a choice to be made. But also, along with the power of decision and the power of choice, there's also the power of the emotions. Because emotions are powerful. They can be used, you can use our positive emotions, or we can use negative emotions and cause things to happen within our lives. Amen? Amen? Even in the midst of a negative situation, God has given you the authority and right to use the right emotions. When the Lord told us the fruit of the Spirit, guess what all those things was to control? Our emotions. The fruit of love. The fruit of joy. The fruit of peace. The fruit of kindness. The fruit of gentleness. Are you getting this yet? It's all about controlling 
our emotions and using the right emotions. Amen? Because let me tell you something. Life has a way of setting us off in the negative emotions. Situations and circumstances has a way of setting us off in the wrong emotions. The enemy himself loves when we get into negative emotions because he knows it's easier to tempt us to go different ways that he wants us to go. See, it's easier to get you to say certain things when you're emotional. That's why I've always told you, and I'll tell you again, please do me a favor. Don't talk to people when you're emotional. Don't say things to your wife when you're emotional. Oh, God, please. All the men, hear me now. Every married man in here, when you're emotional, when you're angry, don't speak to your wife. Go calm down. Go get to a corner to yourself. Then come back and speak to her. Amen? Wives, don't speak to your husbands when you're angry. Don't speak to your husbands when he's made you upset. Because you're going to say something to belittle them or degrade them or hurt them. Amen? We need to know when to speak, when not to speak. And the, right, the, the wrong time to speak is when we're high on emotion. Because you will say something you ain't got no business saying. You don't speak to your boss and you know things ain't right. Wait a while. Talk to him the next day. Amen? Even with your children. You can say some things to your children that could go with them and damage them. To your grandchildren, you can say some things that can hurt them. To your friends. Amen. We have to be careful when we're speaking out of emotions. Amen. Amen. I'm getting myself and I'm trying to train myself to the point where when I know I'm going to say something wrong, I get quiet. When I know I'm just going, my emotions are not going to help this particular part of my life, I just get quiet until I have the right thing to say or until I know I'm in the right frame of mind to ask her to say something. Amen? Amen. Because if I spoke out of my emotions, I have no members. Amen? It's just, it's just, it's just, that's just the way it is. We have to know when to speak. That's what, you know, that's what I loved about our Jesus. He always know what to say, when to say it, and how to say it. He always knew when it was time. Even when others wanted him to rush and do things, he knew when the time was. Amen. I want, I want to be like, I want to be like those young men in the book of Chronicles who knew the time and the seasons. The sons, we believe, is the sons of Issachar. They knew the time and the seasons, when to do things. They just, they had an understanding of the times. Amen? Like a farmer who has the understanding of when it's time to plant seed. And when it's time to water seed. And then when it's time of harvest. You have to know what to do. You have to know how to start, how to start planting seeds. You don't just plant seeds any old time of year. You plant seeds the wrong time of the year, and when the time comes, you think you're supposed to have a harvest, guess what? You won't have a harvest. Why? You planted the seeds at the wrong time. Amen? Come on, say it with me. Plant the seeds at the right time. Amen. And every time we open up our mouth, we are planting a seed. And Satan knows this. He knows that when we open our mouth, we are planting a seed. The only question that's left to be answered is, what are we planting? 
What have we put in the ground? Because the Bible agrees with this. The Bible has been telling us for centuries, ye shall reap what you sow. For whatever you put in is what you're going to get out. That's why when we come to church, we got to come to church in the right frame of mind. Don't expect to come to church and, and, for, and for Sister Michelle to, to sing you happy. Or for, expect for Sister Pastor to sing you happy. Or expect for Leon to praise you, uh, play you happy. You ought to come here with a praise. You should come here with a worship. There should not be anybody in here without a praise or worship. All that God has done for you during the week, kept you from all hurt, harm, and danger, kept you alive, protected you, healed you, strengthened you. Why don't you have a praise? Why you got to wait till you see pastor lift her hands and then you lift your hands? What are you, a robot? Amen. We should come out here with a praise. Amen? Not waiting on the praise and worship team to lift us up. Not waiting on the praise and worship team to hit the right note. Amen? That's how we know you ain't come here for the right thing. When every time the praise and worship team hit the wrong note, you hear it. You hear it. Amen? For if you were really in praise and worship, it wouldn't care how they sung. You wouldn't care what note they hit because you in praise and worship. Amen? Yeah, now I know we like to hear them sound good. Amen? We want them to get them notes right. And sometimes it don't happen. Everybody had their off day. Amen? Leon have his off day on the organ. I have my off day. Leo have his off day on the organ. Sometimes we come in here and play be like, what's wrong with us? Amen? Everybody have their off day. Amen? But praise is always comely. How many know that? Praise is comely of the righteous. When the righteous praise, the Lord listens. Amen. The, what the Bible says, the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. When the praise is going forth, God is right there in the praise. He wants to be there because he is the object of our praise. Should be. He's the object of our praise. To let the word master over my emotions. Wow. Thanks to God, I told you this many times, there's so many ways to study the word. And I'm finding out, when I read the word now, I want to read the word and find out what is the emotion of the character I'm reading about? What's going on in the story emotionally? What's happening here? Because you know what? Emotions are such a part of who we are it's been with us from the beginning. God said, God called Adam and called him, and Adam didn't ask him, and God called him again, and then Adam asked him, he said, well, where were you? Adam said, why didn't you, God said, why didn't you answer me? He said, I, I, what did Adam say? I was afraid. Fear stepped in right there caused Adam not to answer God, showing us emotions is on the move. It jumped off from right there. The emotions started, but it wasn't the emotions that God put within us. It's the emotion of, that's guided by sin. The emotions that's guided by feelings. The emotions that are guided by circumstances and problems. Amen. And some of those emotions will work with, they will work on us so much, guess what? They'll work with us throughout our life. 
Sometimes we'll handle things and don't understand why we handle things the way we do. And it's all because of the, the emotion that we had during that period we were going through and that stayed with us and we don't realize that it's still with us. It's like carrying a dragon, a dead man. It's like being chained to a dead man. Every time you turn around, this, this guy is latched to you. You can't get rid of him because it's following you. Oh, but I see deliverance coming for the people of God. You know why? The topic God is going to, from a mess to a miracle. Again, from a mess to a miracle. I don't know about you, but I want to go from a mess to a miracle. For I know that my God is not going to leave me the way I am. (laughs) but he's going to bless me he's going to strengthen me he's going to make me and make me better somebody said I'm going to be better come on and give God a hand praise if you believe it come on give him a hand praise right now if you believe it right now amen I'm going to be better before the Lord Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 1. Deuteronomy chapter 1. Listen to this. Beginning at verse 1 through 4. Excuse me. Deuteronomy beginning at the 20th verse. And I said unto you, ye are come unto the mountain of the Amorites, which the Lord our God does give unto us. Behold, the Lord thy God has set the land before thee. Go up and possess it as the Lord God of thy fathers has said unto thee. Fear not, neither be discouraged. And ye came near unto every, and ye came near unto me, every one of you, and said, We will send men before us, and they shall search us out the land, and bring us word again by what way we must go up, and into what cities we shall come. And the saying pleased me well. And I took 12 men of you, one of every tribe, from a mess to a miracle. You know what? As I continue to study the life of Moses and continue to study his leadership over Israel, I I just can't, I can't tell you what a, a, a great man of God this was, a man of integrity, a man of character, a man of wisdom. But he wasn't always that, and we knew that. We know that. Moses wasn't always that type of man. When Moses left Egypt, he left Egypt in fear because he feared for his life. When Moses left Egypt, he went into Midian and became a a, a shepherd over his father-in-law, Jethro's sheep. And he was in Midian for 40 years. And when Moses came out 
and was taking care of the sheep. And we know the story of how he was drawn to the burning bush that was burning, but didn't burn out. It was not consumed. And God right there at that time began to change the man of God's life. He began to have an experience with God. God was bringing him out of his mess to bring him to a place to see a miracle. See, because in order for God to show you a miracle, he has to first bring you out your mess. Because a lot of us want a miracle while in our mess. You can't get a miracle while walking in your mess. Amen. It reminds me of myself when I know that people are coming over to the house. I'm like, you know what? Time to get the house pick and span. Time to get it fixed up. Time to make it, make it shine. Because you want your house clean when people come over. I know why, because I've heard, I've had certain members in the assembly tell me, uh, you don't want to come to my house right now. <laughs> it's not very tidy right now. Amen? But let's think about that. And I'm not going to say who, who this was about, but I was very shocked when I said it. I heard about a man one time that, that told a sister in the church when she opened up his trunk and he got a chance to look in her trunk. He says, you know, um, this says something about your life because of the way her trunk looked. And I said, wow, that's deep. Because he was letting her know from what I see in your trunk, it doesn't look good from what your life may be like because your trunk reflects you. How many understand that? How many understand that the things we say reflect us? The thoughts we have reflect us. We are never far from our thoughts, just as the apple is never far from the tree. Sometimes it's still amazing, and I laugh at myself, and I know my sister and brother probably do. Sometimes I laugh at myself when I see myself doing things that I know my father would have done. I'll hear, I'll hear a pastor come out and say, Fred, because she, she'll know that right then I'm acting in my father's character or something my father will do or when I when I most of the time if I'm working see when I start to work I can't stop and then she'll look at me and say okay Fred time to stop now time to come take a break because my father was a man that when he worked he didn't know how to stop he just kept going and going because he loved to work one of the saddest points here in Israel's history is what we're reading about right now. And if those of you remember, you remember in the book of Numbers when Moses had picked out 12 spies and because he was told by God to choose him 12 spies. But now, let's remember now, let's remember that when the, number, when the book of Numbers was written, the book of Numbers was written when the first generation that didn't go into the promised land, God was talking to them in the book of Numbers. But in the book of Deuteronomy, God is repeating himself over the things that happened in Numbers and some of the things in Exodus because in Deuteronomy, God is speaking to a totally different generation. 
Because the generation that he's speaking to in Deuteronomy, this is the generation that's going to go into the promised land. So we need to understand, why did I take you into Deuteronomy instead of taking you into Numbers? But I needed you to understand, in Deuteronomy, it was the people who wanted the spies to go before them to spy out the land. God only allowed it to be because he's God. So there's no inconsistency in his word because people will look at Deuteronomy and then look at numbers. Well, I thought God did it. No, God did do it. But it's two different times that this happened. The first time was with the first generation and the next time was with a no, totally different generation that was going into the promised land. They wanted spies. The first generation that died off, they wanted spies. They wanted spies to go out into the land when God had already told them that he was sending them into the promised land. And this was within the second year of them going from Egypt. They were supposed to go into the promised land. But as you know and I know, that time was delayed for them and their promise was delayed because of them being rebellious and these are God's words, stiff-necked, stiff-hearted people. They were disobedient children. God said they were children of no faith because they couldn't believe him enough to know that if God told us to possess the land, then we're going to possess that land. Amen? I want you to understand that if God told you something for your life, you need to believe it and go pursue it. If God tells you something that he's going to have you do, you need to believe it and receive what God said and just go with it. Amen. See, this morning when I came in here, the enemy tried to say, ah, look at you, ain't nobody here. See, but I had to tell the enemy, no, this is only today. For my God has greater plans for this house and for this ministry. It's not what it looks like and don't get confused by what it appears to be. You might be feeling pain in your body right now. Don't you go start calling different ailments in your body. Don't you start naming what you got. Well, you know, my mama died with arthritis. My mama died with high blood pressure. The devil is a liar. Why are you speaking those words on yourself? But what we have here is a people of no faith who did not believe God enough to know that if God told them to take the land, even though there was a few of them, God was going to use that few to get to the land. Oh, me and Brother Lee was talking about it the other day on the phone. How many of y'all remember Gideon's story? When Gideon first had 30,000 men to go to war and God said, oh, it's too much. Lest the people say when they go to war, they won the war and I have nothing to do with it. And the people start praising themselves rather than praising me. And God began to give Gideon instructions to get the army cut down. And God told him, said, anybody who wants to go back, tell them that they can go back. 20,000 fearful people got up and left. And left him with 10,000. Then God gave him another instruction and told him to have them go to the water and only those that lap the water like a dog, take them. And there was only 300 of them. Y'all hearing what's going on here? 
300. I'm trying to tell you that my God is into using one. He used 1% of what Gideon had. Y'all not hearing it. God don't need what you got. What God wants to use, he wants to use you through what he has. And he can use you through what he has to get his work done. And God picked 1% of the 30,000. But guess what? They won the battle. With the 300 instead of the 30,000. See, if God send you to do something, you got to do it. And you got to know no matter what. See, a lot of times what the enemy will do, the enemy will purposely send people on assignment to discourage you. Be careful. You got people sent around you just for the purpose of discouraging you. You got to be careful. You got to know who's got discernment, who does not. You got to be careful who you're listening to. Listening to, don't listen to everyone. You know, you know what? Y'all my church, y'all ain't never heard me tell you, don't listen to that preacher, don't listen. You know what? I'm going to tell you, be careful. Don't you go get choke off no bone, then come back in this church and want to tell me how to run the church or tell me what, come on now. Because you know, sometimes if you don't know what you're eating, you'll eat something bad for you. Amen? Amen? And you got to understand that when you're taking in the word, you are digesting. But all I'm going to tell you, make sure you got it right. Amen? Make sure you got it right because not everybody is teaching sound doctrine. Not everybody is teaching the gospel. You got some people who don't have the good news. They got the wrong news. And they'll give you the wrong news and leave you with the bad problems. Amen? And these people, these people that are with Moses, these people that are with Moses had the wrong news. Out of all that God showed them, dropped quail from the sky, sent down manna from heaven, took a log and sweetened the water, brought them through Jordan, brought them through the Red Sea, helped them win battles that they should not have won, kept them when other nations were against them, kept them from a crazy prophet who wanted to curse them. He kept them all through that, but they could not get themselves to believe God and to take what God said is yours. They were a mess. They were a mess. Well, you may say, well, Bishop, how did, how did, they, how did they come into this mess? How did they get so messed up? Let me tell you something. You don't need anybody to talk to you negative. Sit by yourself a while. You'll start talking negative to yourself. Negative talk. Anybody taking notes, I want you to write that down. Negative talk. Negative talk. We need to stay away from negative talk because you know what? Negative thought, negative thoughts create negative thoughts. Be careful of negative talk. Talking negative within yourself. You'll talk yourself out the battle. You will talk yourself out of what God has told you to do. 
That's why I told, I teach them a lesson one time of be careful of thinking too much. Oh, how many of y'all heard Nike's slogan? Just do it. Amen? You sit there and think, you'll talk yourself out of it. Oh, but we as Christians are supposed to be walking by faith. And when we walk by faith, we don't walk by sight. We are connected to God. And because we are connected to God, we can do what God has called us to do because we walk by faith and not by sight. And faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So because we're walking by faith and walking with God, we know it's going to be done because God said it, not us. Is all about faith. That's why the just shall live. How? By chance. By percentage. The just shall live by faith. Because if you're living any other way, you're cheating and depriving yourself. The just shall live by faith. These were a people that had no faith. So what did they want? They wanted spies to go in and look into the cities. And if you caught from what they were talking, go back and read it on your own time. But if you caught what they were saying and what they were talking about, what they basically were saying, let's pick the cities that we should take over and what we shouldn't. God's telling us to take over the land, but they want to pick the cities they should go into and let's take the cities that the spies say we should so their whole victory their whole conquering the land depended upon not on what God said they depended on what the spies said now let's go into numbers that's why when the 10 spies came back with their report in the book of numbers it was not shocking that the people went with the 10 spies they were preparing themselves for that report. Y'all not hearing. They had done prepared themselves for that report because they already felt insignificant within themselves to take over the land compared to the people that were already there. That inferiority had already set in. And insanity took over. I was telling the people in, in, at Tabernacle this morning, let me tell you something, there's a little insanity in all of us. Amen. I know, don't y'all fight me now and then try to tell me that's, that's not true. There's a little insanity in everybody in here. Because insanity doesn't say I'm crazy and then I belong in the asylum. Insanity said that I haven't yet understand that I can't keep doing the same thing and expecting different results. I got to know that I'm walking in insanity. I got to stop this and do what God says. This way I don't have to keep doing this over and over and over. Because if God guides me, I have divine guidance and I'm going to do it right in God's eyes. But when I'm walking in insanity... I'm trying to do it, trying to do it, trying to do it, and it ain't working, it ain't working, it ain't working, but I'm still trying to do it, trying to do it, trying to do it. That's insanity. Stop it. Do it God's way, then it'll work. Amen? Amen. That's why I constantly tell, I tell, I tell women when they come out there, they say, well, you know, I'm looking for my Boaz, okay. 
That already, I know you ain't finding it. Why? Because you ain't got no business looking for him. He's supposed to be looking for you. Ah, amen? I love it. That night, that night we had, um, um, what you call it? We had that, uh, the, the singing. What is it we called it? No, not the concert. Open mic. That night we had the open mic. Amen. And Brother Nick said, who's that girl over there? And we said, you mean Jasmine? He said, yeah. He said, you, you think you can introduce me to her? Boaz looking for his Ruth. Amen? Because that's the way it should be. Amen? That's the way it should be. And look at them. What's that? They married now. Amen. That's the way God do it. Remember when Brother Mark walked in here. First time he came to the church. We were over on Irving Street. Amen. They had men a while ago and then men up again. But you know what? Sister Michelle told me and she told Pastor, she said, I'm not going to look for no husband. I'm tired. This is it. That's what, is that what you told us? I'm sorry, you didn't want me to tell nobody that? I probably, was that supposed to be secret, honey? Oh, okay. Oh, am I going to get hit later? Oh, okay, okay. Well, God sent Mark. Amen. And they got married. Amen. The spies, the spies, the people wanted them to go out, but they already had chose the report they wanted. So when the 10 spies came back with a negative report, everybody expected. They wanted it. They looked for it because that's how they had set their minds. Tell you something. The mind is a terrible thing to waste. I got that from a commercial years ago, and it's still very true. The mind is a terrible thing to waste. That's why the Bible tells us be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And the only way to renew your mind is with the word of God. The only way your mind can be fixed is with God's word. Your mind can't be fixed any other way except with the word. And with the word, you have to believe what God said. And when you believe what God says, God lets his word becomes your word. And now your word that you're saying comes from God and your life begins to change, taking you from a mess I don't know about some of you. I was a mess. Mm. I was a mess. As one preacher said, not ready to live, but not fit to die. Mess. Just a, a mess. And if you think about it, just based on our thinking alone, when we were unsaved, we deserved to go to hell. We deserved hell. Just by our thinking alone, when we were in sin. Good God, we were a mess. We were a mess. This is the reason why, saints, when we look at other people, we need to be patient with them. Don't you look at other people and stick up your nose like, well, she need to know this. She should have known what God said. 
how about when you didn't know and somebody had to teach you? How about when you didn't understand and somebody had to sit with you and help you understand? Stop sticking up your noses at people and humble yourself. Humble yourself and be a help to somebody instead of a hindrance to somebody. Be a help to them. Yes, they don't have it the way you do, but why don't you help them instead of talking about them? Amen. Amen. You want to see who really love the Lord and who really love people? Find out what people do once they get home from church. Because there's some people in church who can't wait to get home and talk about people in church. Did, did you hear Bishop say that word wrong? They'll miss the whole part of the message because they don't focus on that one word. Because I didn't say Oprah right. I did it on purpose. Amen. Did you see the shoes she wore with that dress? That's a, oh, I was, that's a tragedy. I wouldn't have worn that in my casket. Because they get home and all they're ready to do is talk. Mm. Busy bees. Don't think we ain't got no busy bees in Mount Olive. Everybody here ain't, ain't, ain't all saved. That saved that you don't talk about people. Mm. Or that you ain't even, even some scandals. Amen. That's why I talk to all my ministers. I tell all my ministers, I say, listen, I said, we have to be beyond reproach. We have to live a life of godliness because you can't stand up here and worship before folks and your life ain't right. I'd rather you come and just tell me, listen, Bishop, I need to sit down for a while till I get myself right, then come back up here where I can worship and be a free, listen, a free worshiper. Why should I come up here and be a bound, bind up worshiper? Because don't you know that if you are bound and bind up, what you're sending out is a bound and bind up spirit to everybody else in the church? Don't you know a little leaven leavens a whole lump? Don't you understand that that's what happened to Israel? It only took a couple of negative people to infect the whole nation. And all you had was Moses and Aaron and Joshua and Caleb that said, we are well able to possess the land. It doesn't matter what the spy says. The Lord has said, let us go forward. But they were depending on the negative report so they can have something to complain about. That's what they wanted. That's what, that's what, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, saints of God. Get yourself ready. Get yourself prepared. It's time to go home. That's what this man in Korea wants. He wants a reason. That's all he's looking for. An excuse to send a bomb. You don't think he's testing these things just for the fun of it. You don't think that they got nuclear warheads just, for the, just to protect themselves. No, they're going to use them things. 
they're going to send them to where they want them to go. But I come to let you know that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. That no matter what the enemy has created, that God's people will be saved. That nothing shall harm us. For to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Just like Paul said, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. There's no reason to walk around in fear and be bound up because this man is a nut. He's a lunatic. But there's always been lunatics. There was Hitler. There was Saddam Hussein. There was uh, Bin Laden. There's always going to be a lunatic in the world. Somebody crazy. Somebody built on insanity. But the people of God are not insane. Or, sh or shouldn't be. We shouldn't be walking in insanity all the time. God is looking to take us from our mess. Not leave us sitting in it. Amen? Not leave us sitting in it. Why would you want to sit and stay in a mess when God has called you for so much higher, so much greater? And most of y'all thinking right now, yeah, I got to go home and clean. See, you ain't got it yet. Because that's not the mess I'm talking about. The mess I'm talking about is a spiritual mess. The mess of not praying, the mess of not staying in your word, the mess of listening to gossip, the mess of being fearful, the mess of feeling inferior, the mess of feeling insignificant, the mess of insanity. That's the mess we're talking about. God has called you out of that mess to overcome your mess. Because there were things in the past that the enemy did just to keep you in mess. And he did it in your beginnings so it would follow you for the rest of your life. And whether you know it, there are some things that happen to you that has gone with you. Let me bring this out to you better. Those people that left out of Egypt. See, we used to have a saying that you could take the lion out of the jungle, but you can't take the jungle out of the lion. Well, God had people removed from Egypt, but the people brought Egypt with them. They came out of Egypt, but Egypt was with them. So what we need to know, is there still any of Egypt with me? And if it's still with me, Lord, take it out of me. I'm tired of being in Egypt. Because in Egypt is complainers. In Egypt is murmurers. In Egypt is rebellious people. They all came from Egypt. God brought them out of Egypt, but they brought Egypt with them. Hmm. That's why when you move from one apartment to the other, you're going to wind up keeping that place the same way you kept the last one if you don't make change. Amen? That's why I tell, I tell people, I said, listen, you know what? I said, you can file. Listen, any accountant will tell you, you can file bankruptcy, sure. Get rid of all your debt. But it doesn't matter if you file bankruptcy and then get yourself right back into the mess after the bankruptcy is over. What good, what, what have you learned? What have you learned? 
Amen? Amen. At least let it help you. I never forget when Pastor and I had to do this back in 1996. And I said, honey, I said, when we coming out of this, when we come out of this, we ain't going back to this. She said, sure enough, we not going back to this. You got to have a made up mind that once you come out, you're not going back. You're going to always have things going on in your life. But once God delivers you from something, don't ever go back to it. Don't ever put your hand to the plow and then look back. No, if you're plowing, keep pushing. Keep it moving. That's right. You can't keep going back to where you were. Oh, come on and say it with me. I'm not going back. Come on and give your hand. Come on and give the Lord a hand praise if you know you're not going back. Come on and bless him. Come on, don't stop so quick. Give him a good praise. Come on and give him a good praise. See, God wants to bring a lot of us out of our mess. But he don't want us returning back to it. Amen. That's why a lot of us, we, we wonder why, well, God, why, 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 why you ain't taking me out of this yet? Why you ain't delivering me from this yet? Maybe you ain't learned yet. Let me tell you something. God is not into delivering people for them to go right back. God, God will let you stay right where you are till you get the message. I got that report last night from Sister Rose about one of, one of our family members. Amen. That a, a woman that's standing next to her in a drive-by got shot in her head. And she died on the spot. All the prayers of the righteous, do they not avail much? God saved her father just in time to pray and keep her in prayer that God would put his protection over her life. That even though she's not in the Lord, God didn't honor her, but he honored the prayers of the righteous. Because righteous people are praying for her. We are seeking God for her soul. And the woman fell and hit the ground as she watched her brains coming out from the bullet. And she was able to run away. That's the kind of world we're living in. That these things are happening and they're happening every day. Every day. It's insanity, but it's happening but we have to have a made up mind and I'm praying for her that she'll get that made up mind to come out of whatever mess she's in and come out from a mess to being a saved miracle see because we always looking for a miracle we looking for the sky to crack open we looking for the building to break in half but we all saved let me tell you something it took a miracle to save my soul. Let me tell you something. It took a miracle to save me by red blood. It took a miracle for someone to die on the cross and deliver me out of my sinful life. He did it for me 2,000 years ago. And guess what? It's still working. For the just shall live by faith. And guess what? 
God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but shall have everlasting life. He said that 2,000 years ago and it's still working. God is still making miracles by what he said thousands of years ago. I was telling Tabernacle this morning, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. But did you read the rest? Did you read the rest of it? See, because most of the time we just quote that part. No weapon. <laughs> you hear the preacher, no weapon <laughs> formed against us shall prosper. I'm not making fun of them, but they preach it. it beca it's become like a slogan for most preachers. But guess, guess what it said? The word went on to say, this is the heritage. Oh, this is what you have. This belongs to you. It is the heritage of the service of the living God. It's not something that God just by chance gave you. It's yours. It's your inheritance. It's good to know that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. But that could depend upon my circumstance. But God says it's your inheritance. This is yours. So no matter what I'm in, no weapon. No matter what happens, no weapon. You not hear that? It's time to stop quoting half scriptures and not really knowing what they mean. Find the meaning of them. Mm. It wasn't God who just sent them out as spies. It was the people who requested for spies to go before them. And God gave the okay to what they said. But the spies did them no good. Because they didn't believe that they could do it. They believed what the majority of the spies said. Are you getting this? Are you hearing this word? Because this word is powerful for you. They believe what the majority of the spies said. And because they believe the majority, the majority of them died and only two of them lived. And the two that lived was the ones that said, we are well able to possess the land. And the rest of them died, but only two that believed God. Is there someone in here that can believe God? Because if you believe God, he'll take you from your mess to your miracle. That's all you need is to believe to go from your mess. That's all you need. God took Joshua and Caleb who were from the original group that came out of Egypt and said, I'm going to let y'all see what I'm going to do. Do you know that not even Moses went in? He saw it. God showed it to him, but he didn't enter in because he did not believe God. Not, not believe God on the promised land. He did not believe God on what God told him when God told him, speak to the rock. He let his emotions, as we talked about last week, remember? He let his emotions tell him, hit the rock. Mm, Jesus. 
And then as, as if it wasn't enough that he disobeyed God the first time, he hit it a second time. My God. Do you not know that that rock he hit was Jesus? Amen. The rock was their provider. The rock was their source. The rock was Jesus. He hit his savior. Didn't understand it, but now we realize it. Why God couldn't let him go into the promised land? See that? You get the wrong people around you, and it affects you. And it'll cause you to miss out on the things God has. That's why I pay you, don't listen to everybody. Be careful. When I'm listening, in, I'm sitting at TV listening to a message, I'm picking through it. Amen. Oh, oh, did they, oh man, he lined this up nice. Ooh, ooh, that's um, questions to the word. Because I'm not, you just not going to tell me what the word says. No, no. <laughs> I got to go and check it out. Amen. Let me tell you something. After I preach here on Sundays, do y'all know what y'all job is? Do y'all know what y'all job is? Y'all job is to go home and check the scriptures and see if what I said is right. Y'all didn't know this? Y'all looking at me like, really? <laughs> you don't just accept it, oh, because Bishop said it is right. No, 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 no. Because pastor said, no, 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 no. Try the spirit and see if they be of God. And the one way to know if somebody's right is to go and study for yourself. Did not the Bible say study to show thyself approved? A workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And some of y'all, well, he was saying that to Timothy, and Timothy was a pastor. No, he was saying that to everybody. Study. Because unless we study, in the book of, in the book of Acts, that's what made the Marines different from everybody else. Because they studied the scripture to see if the things that Paul was talking about was true or not. That's, right. That's what made the Bereans different from everybody. They studied the scriptures. See, but a lot of times we don't want to study. You're depending, on, you're depending on assistant pastor to get it right. You're depending on bishop to get it right. Let me tell you something. Study for yourself. Look through the word yourself. Don't you know, don't you know, I love what Moses, Moses said through the Holy Spirit speaking to him. Moses said, this law is your life. This law is your life. In other, word, in other words, listen to what Moses was saying. Moses was saying that this word, this is your life. You should breathe this. Every day, this should be breathed through your mouth. I was, telling, I was telling somebody, uh, Tabernacle this morning, I said, Lord, I said, when I woke up, the first thing wanted to come out my mouth was, I'm tired. Mm. Know what? I didn't say it. Because you know what? I knew if I had said that, that would have went my whole day. Yeah. All day, guess what I would have been? Amen. Guess what you're saying? When I'm sick and tired of this mess, Come on, how many of y'all done said that? How many of y'all done said that? I'm sick and tired of this mess. Oh, 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 oh. I'm finished with this marriage. Guess what? You keep saying that. Keep saying that. Guess what? You're going to really be sick of it one day. So much so you're going to do the unthinkable. Saints, death and life 
are in the power of the tongue. If you, are go- if you and I are going to pi- prosper, we got to start speaking life on the things around us and the people around us. You can't expect things to get better and you still speaking negative. My wife got to remind me of this all the time when it comes to my sons. She got to remind me of this. Because I look at them. Because sometimes the things they do is like, really? Seriously? For real? But see, I'm expecting them to be where I am. Am Is it the truth? Is it the truth? See, 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 you know how many, you know it took me 50 years to get where I am? And they only 18? And a lot of us expect them to be as we are. And guess, it it ain't gonna happen. Because their mind ain't even developed yet. That's why when we speak to the Lewis boys, we, we gotta be patient with them. They ain't there. We know what they're doing that it can be dangerous but you know what they don't know so we have to talk to them and speak to them in love and teach them and then you know what like I told my wife years ago concerning my daughter I said you know honey I said you know sometimes they got to bump their head you know what and even with my spiritual children I know y'all got to bump your head you sit here and listen to us Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and then you still go out there pop ah and then you coming back to the church praying for me, Evangelist <laughs> And she just preached to you Sunday on the same thing you did you should not have done. Right, man. Right. That's so true. How many times did God speak to these people that came out of Egypt? How many times did he prove to them that he was God and still they walked in unbelief? Still. And it wasn't until that they all died out that God said, now, I want you to go and possess the land. But listen, God had to take them from that mess they were in to the miracle of the wall in Jericho coming down, not with a crane, Not with a giant ball. But all they needed was a shout. They just needed a shout. A praise to bring forth a miracle. Come on and stand with me. Come on and stand with me. Come on and stand with me. Saints, be careful what comes out your mouth. Be careful what you say. Be careful what you speak over your life. Be careful the things you say about the situations you're facing now. Be careful about what you say with the circumstances around you. Be careful with the things that you say about people you're angry with. You may be angry with them. But the Bible says, be angry and sin not. God has made a way for you 
to be empowered through the person of the Holy Spirit so that you can overcome every emotional aspect of you available to you. God has given you the power to overcome it. So don't sit there and make yourself believe you can't. I've had too many people sit there and tell me, I, I've been like this all my life. You know what? God loves taking people from a mess. God, God, listen. He developed his relationship with us by showing us that I can bring you from that to this. If you only believe. I can take you out of anything you're going through and bring you into a place of refuge, a place of abundance, a place of increase. But I need you to believe that you want to be a miracle. Do you want to be a miracle? Do you want to be a miracle? Come on. Do you want to be a miracle? Answer it in your mind right now. Do you want to be a miracle right now? We're always looking for something on the outside to prove something miraculous has happened. Do you want to be a miracle? You can be a miracle to yourself or you can be a miracle to somebody else. God wants you to be a miracle and live the life of the miraculous. If you want prayer today, raise your hand right where you're at. Raise your hand right where you're at. Deacon Nico, I'm gonna need your help this morning. Where's, oh, Sister Pastor, come on. Amen. Anoint their heads right where they're at. Anoint their heads right where they're at. God wants you to be a miracle. Amen. He don't want you to just hear the people talking about they're hungry. Feed them. He don't want you to talk about how the people need money for help. Help them. Amen. The Bible said, give and it shall be given. Give and it shall be given. The Bible also said it's better to give than to receive. God wants you to be that miracle. For he's able to do the miraculous. He's able to do the miraculous. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm coming out of this mess. I'm coming out of this mess. I'm coming out of this mess. My messy mind. My messy mind. My messy way of thinking. Those of you who had your head bowed, who had your head anointed, I want you right now with your hands lifted up to repeat this after me. Music, just come down, please. I want you to repeat this after me. Lord, renew my mind with your word. I believe every word that you have said. Your word is powerful. It can change me. It can restore me. It can renew me. And turn me from a mess to the miracle 
you have called and ordained for me to be. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. 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 Now worship him. Worship him. Worship him right now. Worship him. Worship him right now. As you begin to worship him, he's checking you on those emotions that's been going crazy in your life. He's checking you and letting you know the emotions that you have to put under your feet. Come on and bless him. Come on and worship him. Just begin to worship him right now. Begin to worship him right now. You're, gonna, you're, you're not going to be a mess anymore. You're going to be a miracle. For the miracle was not in being a mess. The miracle was when he saved my soul. And the miracles that are coming is just better and better every day. Is greater. For greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. I'm coming out my mess. I'm coming out the mess of my mind. I'm coming out the mess of my thinking. I'm coming out the mess of my words. I'm coming out the mess of my thoughts. Glory be to God. I am a miracle. A walking miracle. For he saved my soul when I should have died. A miracle. From a mess to a miracle. We thank you, God. Now, Lord, as we leave this place, but not your presence. Lord, we bless and glorify your name for you bringing us into this place. Now, Lord, keep us as we go our several ways. Protect us from all hurt, harm, and danger. Keep us from the plans and the work of the enemy. God, help us to know that we are powerful in the Holy Spirit. For you have planted and put him in us to reign in our lives on the thrones of our hearts. Now, Lord, keep us as we go. Protect us and guide us as our helper, we allow to lead us into the promise that you have given for us. And we thank you and glorify you and worship you now. Come on and give God a hand praise if you believe it now. Come on and give God a hand praise if you believe it. Come on and bless the Lord if you believe it now. Bless him, bless him. Bless him, bless him. Bless him. Glory be to God. He's blessing you right now. God bless you. We love you.